This is Ed McMahon. And now, here's Armstrong and Getty. Wiping down with a Clorox wipe especially good because it's Monday, which means the weekend cretins were in here. Wipe that sucker down. Oh, the weekend cretins. You can't even imagine what these people look like. They're goblins. Just goblins. Turn that music up, Michael. It's an information party live from Studio C. C-O-V-I-D, senor. A dimly lit room, dimly within the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications compound. And you know, today, to kick off a brand new COVID week, we're under the tutelage of our general manager. I don't know. You, me, everybody, we're all sick of this. I am sick of it. I found it difficult to take in news about this over the weekend as I just... I just don't know if there's anything I need to hear at this point. Well, one thing's become clear to me, and I uh, I worked as hard as I could to to move beyond this conclusion. Nobody knows nothing. The question marks outnumber the certainties about a hundred to one. Nobody yeah. knows how the stupid freaking chairman. Oh, I've come up with a new name for the disease. By the way, I'm I'm banding a couple about uh, Chairman Xi's bat lab. Uh, uh, flu. Gotcha. Uh, the Chinese bat lab death, mm. or or lab bat death. Anyway, uh, nobody <laughs> knows anything about it. Nobody knows exactly why it kills some people on the other. They mm. they don't even know precisely how it kills people. Nobody knows what drugs work. Nobody knows you know anything. I, I read it once again, and and this is I'm not going to name it because they're good folks, but. It's a publication saying the actual mortality rate is difficult to calculate because we don't know that. No, 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 no. It's not difficult. It's impossible. It's... If you don't have a, a, a denominator, it's not freaking difficult. It's undoable. To print it at all is doing more harm than good. Right. Right. Because you lead people to believe that that number has any value whatsoever, which it does not. What percentage of rocks are gray, Jack? I found five rocks that are gray, and I've seen 19. So it's a little more than a quarter. (laughs) Well, Joe, somebody might respond. There are many millions of rocks you haven't seen. So how can my point is obvious. Anyway, nobody knows nothing. Here's my favorite one, just because it's uh, the, the male versus female battle. They think they know why it kills men way more than women. It, it, it harbors itself in your testicles. What? It hides in your testicles and hangs out for longer. Uh, and, and that's why it's killing uh, a men. Like it'll go through a woman's body and then just kind of, you know, go away like a virus does. But looking for, men, for a pair of testicles to hang out in. For men, it hangs in your testicles. Finally goes away disappointed. <laughs> I knew they'd be the death of me. I just didn't think this You know would be what, Sean? I have three beautiful children who I'm so proud of, but other than that, they haven't done me any good. No. No. Occasional zipper or bicycle seat problem. Yeah, they're, oh, they're doing please. me no good. Oh, foul I agree, ball. Sean. I knew that, I knew my testicles would would get me into a situation I couldn't get out of. <laughs> I just didn't think it would be this way. Yeah, yeah. it took longer than you thought it would. I hadn't <laughs> predicted a pandemic would be the well, way it would happen. Alcohol would have been big, more involved as well. But <laughs> let's introduce somebody in squad to kick off the show. There's our board operator, Michelangelo, pressing buttons, flipping toggles, pulling levers. How are you this morning, Michael? I'm doing good. I'm in a good mood. Actually, one good thing has come out of this whole coronavirus situation. IKEA, IKEA, it has um, released their 
meatball recipe for people so they oh, can make them at yeah. home. Oh, so I'm pretty excited me. about it. It's fabulous. <laughs> why? Why oh, did you make a horse noise? I'm Sean? sorry. What was that? That was that was an odd non sequitur, Sean. <laughs> oh, gee, I've never heard anybody legend. Their meatballs are delicious. Yeah. Have you had the IKEA meatballs ever, Sean? I I have. Yeah. Of and, course. And, of course. <laughs> or, or, <laughs> Oh, boy. Both you guys probably ought to do the new A&G COVID-19 test, though. Take a ruler and wrap yourself good and hard right on the boys once each. You know, if it hurts, that's uh, probably proof you got the thing. Mm, it's, gotcha. like, it's like the witch tests of the, you know, the 1400s. If you float, you're a witch. <laughs> I just so hope we'll put you to death. Making those meatballs are easier than some of the re- uh, furniture. Oh, no doubt. Yeah. <laughs> they come with 84-part instructions yes. in various languages. <laughs> My youngest son feels he's outgrown his bunk bed, and he, and he wants out of it. And I'm like... Moving uh, on to the race car bed. And I'm uh, I'm, I'm fighting <laughs> that just because it was so damned hard to put together from Ikea. <laughs> it was like 9,000 screws. It was insane how many screws were in that thing. And the idea that I only got, you know, four years use out of it is just not enough. You need to sleep in that until you're 25 to justify the amount of effort that was. Clarification, please. Is he sharing it with his brother or does he solo in the bunk bed? He solos the bunk bed. Top or bottom? Uh, He sleeps in the bottom. Okay. Is he still renting out the top for storage? He has rented out the top for storage, (laughs) yes. His brother stores things up there for like a dollar a week or something. Hasn't missed a payment, has he? (laughs) No, no. I, like a lot of people, ended up back in a bunk bed in college, and Mm. I did find it somewhat disconcerting at first. Mm. But, eh, you get over it. Uh, There's Positive Sean, whose smile lights up the room. How are you, Sean? Doing very well. Had a a really fun weekend of just, you know, playing games with my Internet friends, largely the same sort of thing I would normally do under typical weekend circumstances. My diet was a little bit different, though, as uh, I had, uh, for three consecutive days, I had two milkshakes per day. Oh, boy. and uh, I uh, but I did discover two milkshakes a day sounds awesome to me. Oh, yeah, it was nice. It was nice. <laughs> chocolate vanilla, um, mainly vanilla. Just just a, just a little bit of chocolate powder in there. Just a little bit. Not enough wow, to really qualify it as a chocolate milkshake. But, you know, just sure. You know, it's there. Um, but then I uh, I was running low on bread and I, I wanted a breakfast sandwich, but I wanted to save my bread proper for actual, you know, ham, meat you know, lettuce, tomato sandwiches later. <laughs> so I ended up using, I still have a backlog of when I bought 56 frozen waffles uh, oh, from, a, a from a bulk store. So I had an egg waffle sandwich for breakfast, oh, and yeah. it was awesome. Hmm. I'm going to be doing that for more, more often on the weekends now. Better than your pizza and cake on Friday. My, <laughs> my wife heard about the meat shortage, and oh, my God. Uh, so we had our groceries show up at the gate yesterday. She ordered, uh, ordered them from Target Delivery. And uh, we have so much meat now. I- oh, I'm going to be selling at black market. I mean, you should. I must have, from fi- what I hear, I must have 15 packages of bacon in the fridge. That's uh, wow. that's a lot of bacon. That's awesome. Yeah, we we remain meatless. We were uh, hiding in the woods this weekend. So yeah, I got to send my wife to the store because you know men can't go to the store. The amount of sausages and bacon that we have oh. is just really crazy. Like we got a family reunion coming up of 50 people or something. By the um, way, Sean, I would give 25% of my net worth to have your metabolism. And it would probably be worth it, too, because it might save my life. I am completely hog-like now in my uh, overweightedness. I have been <laughs> too self-indulgent. in your I'm, overweightedness. I'm, af- I'm afraid I'm going get, to get the diabetes. Yeah, that's Today's the day, man. Today's the day. Hardcore. You ask me tomorrow this time. 
Okay, we you will. You ask me how I did. We'll jot it down. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you how. Great. <laughs> okay. Because I have summoned <laughs> my iron will. You hit a bottom of some sort. My, exactly. That's what has to happen to get a person really going. My will is like those novelty moons. It only comes around once in a while, but when it does, it is notable. <laughs> there you go. You ran out of food, right? It's a pink harvest will. You know what the problem is? You know what the what time is it? Eating? Do I have time for this thought? It's, Deliciousness. Uh, the problem is well, the problem is I have no self control. The second problem is our twenty year old lives here now. Oh. At least for now, she eats like a 20-year-old, and when she's bored, she bakes, for instance, a German chocolate uh, cake yeah. that's completely covered with, like, coconut super yummy icing. I was prepared to, in my mind, think I could withstand it. I can't handle fresh-baked goods. I will, I will eat any fresh-baked goods that are around, always. Well, and listen, I have, through the course of my lifetime, come to understand that I have very little self-control for certain things. One is uh, food. The other, well, I will just say this. I don't put myself in places where I am tempted, okay? I don't go to, like, airport bars to meet traveling women just because they uh, have wonderful conversational skills, you know? I don't put myself in places of temptation. And my daughter has imported temptation to my home. Yeah, yeah. That's what they got here at the radio station every single day. Veronica, she uh, she gets stressed and she bakes, and there's just so many baked goods around. Oh, she's good, too, man. Yeah. Uh, I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this Monday, April 20th. I'll tell you what. I don't know when we want to talk about some economic news, but lo- long after the disease is gone, the, the economy is going to be discussed, I'm afraid. Uh, this is Monday, April 20th, year 2020. We are Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. Let's begin eating the ginger lime muffin of information. That's actually something she made there one day. Ginger lime muffins? Seriously? All right, let's begin uh, chowing down precisely according to FCC rules and regs at Mark. I took a a, a razor and uh, buzzed my head, and I gave myself a giant bald spot (laughs) over here, which I find very... I, I I thought it was a... A seven and it was a five and a, I don't know. Yeah, so I now I've been walking around all day with like my hand on my. Head. Yeah, it happens. You got to get your, your your settings right on the razors. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that was uh, Anderson Cooper, TV newsman, cutting his own hair. I'll be darned. Just like a regular person. Uh, how does mailbag look there for a Monday? He, he can't find somebody to cut his hair. Yeah, that's Please. what I'm. I'm finding that hard to believe. Please, he's a Vanderbilt uh, for crying out loud. Uh, mailbag is outstanding. The folks are are weighing in with uh, mirth and insight. Fantastic. You know the cases have dropped in New York, which was the worst place that's happened in the country. So it's over it in the worst parts. So, so that's all good news. Uh, we got a lot to talk about today, and I hope you can stay with us. Our text line is four one five two nine five KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. Strong and Getty Show. Okay, Sean's uh, witty aside, where he made the horse noise when somebody mentioned the IKEA meatball recipe, oh. as Sean just told me, did not come out of thin air as he handed me a copy of a New York Times article from 2013. <laughs> 
Ikea recalls meatballs after detection of horse meat. Listen. Listen. <laughs> Which is a troubling headline. <laughs> Come on. The business world is bad enough. We got to bring IKEA's lawyers down on us. Well, just reading from the New York Times. What's a what's a little horse between friends? It's a pony. You know. <laughs> I mean, so there's a little. Are they delicious? Maybe it's like horses. It's like the first time I had goat. I was like semi gagging, thinking, "What's this going to be like?" Then I discovered it's delicious. Just because a horse is handy to ride on doesn't mean it can't be delicious. So maybe when they're saying there's just a little bit of horse, just a little horse meat in there, they mean there's pony meat in there. <laughs> it's actually pony it's meat. It's 100% <laughs> pony meat. Oh, that's even worse. <laughs> well, no, we just use a little horse meat. <laughs> <laughs> Mailbag. I have a special message for everybody who emails us, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Coming up after our freedom-loving quote of the day, it is uh, somewhat longish, but it's brilliant. It's from Ludwig von Mises, the great economist and thinker. The champions of socialism call themselves progressives, but they recommend a system which is characterized by rigid observance of routine and by resistance to every kind of improvement. They call themselves liberals, but they are intent upon abolishing liberty. They call themselves Democrats, but they yearn for dictatorship. They call themselves revolutionaries, but they want to make the government omnipotent. They promise the blessings of the Garden of Eden, but they plan to transform the world into a gigantic post office. Every man but one a subordinate clerk in a bureau. Hmm, I like that. That's good. Okay, here's the special message to emailers. I try to respond to email when I can. We get hundreds and hundreds, and so it would be mind-boggling to do it all the time, but to respond to everyone. But I'm going to craft a stock response that says, you're too nuts to email us, mm. okay? Uh, you're just a little over the top, and by the time I get far enough into your email to understand how nuts you are, I've wasted a fair amount of time. So uh, I will be sending that out in case you are nuts. And if you're borderline nuts... I will be urging you to keep your nuttier impulses uh, under lock and key. As uh, maybe it's the, uh, the COVID and the shutdown and the rest of it, but the, uh, the cuckoo bird factor seems to be on the rise. Oh, really? N- yes. Not that it isn't somewhat entertaining, but uh, anyway, moving along. Here's a nice note from uh, Bonnie. She sent us uh, a number of emails over the weekend. Why do TV pundits working from home think they must be parked in front of their book, Barry? Do they think people watching them are going to think they're smarter because they read books? I bet most of those books are just props they haven't read. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It is a popular backdrop. Sure. Steve in San Jose writes, uh, the government, numerous cities, pushing high-density housing, squeeze everyone into cracker boxes. Then they tell us mass transportation is best for everybody, along with carpooling. Then a pandemic happens, and they have a mess. Hmm. I don't think humans are meant to be crammed together. On the other hand, there's so damn many of us now, I'm not sure if there's any alternative to, you know, a pretty good percentage of us being in, in big cities. Oh, let's see. Oh, that one's crazy. All right, moving along. Anonymous is a teacher, high school math teacher. Uh, also, the parent of a senior is graduating this year, and it sucks. I'm sad that he was having such a great year. Uh, he and his classmates, it was like the rug ripped out from under them. My seniors in financial algebra, they teach financial algebra in high school? 
Financial algebra. I don't even know what that yeah. is. I assume it's, it's algebra difficult. about finances. I... That good. Good stuff. Uh, they have a Which year-long project. With the variable why are we so broke? Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. They have a year-long project they've been working on that's definitely going to be due before the end of the year because they need to understand that life is going to throw you curveballs. Uh, and this is a great practice for dealing with them the best you can and moving on. Well, it's a f- yes, that uh, that is one uh, person's senior year experience, which fantastic if it is. I hope it would be that way for my kids. But I know of a senior I'm intimately involved with who is happy as hell to have senior year canceled because they, they hated it. And they were so glad they didn't have to go through at the end of it. So it depends on who you are. I would have loved to have my senior year of high school canceled. Oh, yeah. Including graduation. It would have been freaking fantastic. I've seen several pieces about how this is so horrible and missing prom and the rest of it will affect them for years and years to come. Loss of identity, et cetera, et cetera. Quit catastrophizing. You'll be fine, kids. Don't don't let anybody convince you you're miserable. If you're thinking, this is kind of cool, go with it. Armstrong and get it. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So I just heard on another news outlet, not not us, because I think this is too stupid for our smart listeners. And I don't think our listeners are smart because I'm smart, because I'm not. I think, But we don't dumb down our news for people, so I think you get a smarter audience that way. Uh, case in point, I just heard on, and this has been a popular story, the concern is that as we... Uh, reopen business too quickly, the virus could come back. Yeah, anybody with an IQ under 70 understands that. <laughs> right. Unless you're the sort of horse they're putting oh. in Ikea, Swedish meatballs. <laughs> oh, easy You now. understand that. Now, we can talk about when to come back, but stating that is for the stupidest American. Oh. Right. All right? I mean, I if that's the premise that. of a discussion, okay, great. But if that's your conclusion, <laughs> well, ask for dumb folk right yeah. there. Uh, so if you're like my household, you're getting ready to start another Monday, another week of uh, online learning for your kids. Really like this was making the rounds on social media, and the picture is a confused parent uh, to go with the heading. Teachers, just log into Zambelzoot. Scroll down to Zork, to the app, and then have the kids work through the assignments sent through the Cracklezam. Or check the links posted in Drumblekick. <laughs> <laughs> that is exactly what it's like. That sounds about right. There are like nine different things, each with two passwords and four different student codes. And none of them match up. (laughs) I'm sure the teachers are no happier with it. But it's just, oh, my God. The amount of time I spent on on the phone with, like, the tech from our school district on Friday was just incredible. The patience she must have to go to talk to every single parent all day long about the 14 different sorts of codes and... Oh, my God. I, I should be even more grateful than I am that my youngest is 20 now because she handles all of that stuff for herself. But they're on, I think, her, her four classes uh, for college that she's taking now over the interwebs uh, are on four different platforms. Yeah. M- streaming, meeting platforms. Zork so. and Zabblezoot and Cracklezam. <laughs> and then you just uh, you go to the drop-down menu and drumble kick, and then you're in. <laughs> That's good. Oh, boy. And, of course, you go to the drop-down menu and drumble, bick, drumble kick ain't on there. 
Uh, so, listen, a couple of things, and this became clear to me over the weekend. I We took a three-day weekend, very enjoyable, and I, I took a couple of days off of uh, anything of substance. Just played guitar and, and, and looked at the trees. But then uh, yesterday I did a deep, hard, scholarly dive so I could be ready to come in here and speak authoritatively and either terrify you or comfort you. Just so I can uh, whatever inter- was appropriate. Just so I can interject, I spent 72 hours uh, working through the most difficult issues one ever confronts in their life. Nonstop. Night and day. Well, so, uh, so less tree staring. Less tree staring. Well, yes. now, okay. Medical, financial, personal, all kinds of different stuff. Well, that had to be uh, exciting. Never a dull moment, huh? No. Oh, boy. So anyway. I think probably uh, a lot of people were doing similar sort of stuff, actually. Oh, oh yeah, I'll bet. Uh, so uh, at any rate, though, I decided that I would really, really dig into the whole question of the virus. How bad is it? Reopening. How how uh, advisable is it? And in what places and in what ways? Following what protocols? Blah, blah, blah. And I ended up knowing less than when I began. Don't I will doubt tell, that. I will tell you this about this disease. Nobody knows anything. Uh, everybody's guessing at everything. I found one great, smart, authoritative article on how this thing actually kills and why it's so devastating. On a single blog, the guy only used a screen name. I've seen it repeated nowhere else, and I couldn't figure out who the guy was. So mm. never mind. Uh, I don't know. He may have been right. He, and in a hundred years, will be hailed as the Jonas Sock of this thing, or he was a crackpot who who took some high school chemistry. But I, I don't know. But I'm looking at the various models and the data we have and the rest of it. It looks like we're at the peak of the thing um, and heading downward, but it's not really clear. It's bobbled up and down. We're probably somewhere around forty thousand deaths in the U.S. as of today. We'll wait for those numbers to come in. Um, which is uh, horrendous, obviously, uh, and and is is going to that number is going to continue to grow. We don't know how fast. And the other thing I'll tell you that's deadly serious is this disease is horrifying. It is it causes terrible, terrible uh, symptoms and 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 miseries, and people die alone and the rest of it. All right, for, I'm not going to bring you down though. For people it's so who, for, damn sad. For people who get those, it's terrible. But a right. whole bunch of people don't get hardly anything, which is really weird. Right, and poverty and economic collapse, I think we can all agree, is uh, is to be avoided. And so, and, and this is just another layer of uncertain and stupid on top of the whole thing, is if you watch the politics, and that was my project last evening, was to hit up the DVR and move into the politics of the thing, there is so much utterly uh, useless name-calling and 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 blame assigning uh, and and when everybody everybody underestimated the thing and everybody made mistakes. I mean, can we just agree to that? And and it's God Nancy Pelosi on uh, Fox News Sunday was just insufferable. We ought to play a clip of her coming up in a moment or two. But so anyway, I just I feel like average people are not getting much information that they can use at all. It's just a bunch of crap. Having said that, we got a great uh, little note from our, our friend JT the Scientist, who's been a longtime listener and correspondent, and he put some stuff in perspective in a way that I thought was better than like anything I've run into in the media, honestly. Um, and he reminded us, with links and dates and the rest of it, that the, uh, the idea was always flattening the curve. 
that was the principle driving the theory behind why we needed to shut down the economy. He says the mid-March projections from our very own CDC were that so many people would be getting sick from the COVID-19, Chairman Xi's bat lab death, that our health care system would be overloaded. And he goes back to a couple of links, and sure enough, yeah. When the overload happens, so the theory goes, unnecessary deaths would happen because there wouldn't be enough beds or ventilators, doctors, nurses, body bags, morgues. People who survive in normal times would end up dying because of lack of health care resources. Non-terminal patients get less or zero health care for the same reasons. So the idea was flatten the curve so we don't have this spike that causes the system to be overloaded. People seem to be forgetting that part. I would agree. When was the last time you heard... Uh, justification for why we're completely shut down to be we don't want to have a spike right now it's about um <clears throat> it coming back and but yeah not the spike not the hospitals not the running out of ventilators not that that question anymore so the goalposts and, have been moved to a certain extent there's no doubt listen i don't want to you know turn my ak-47 onto a straw man uh, but you are hear- hearing stuff as idiotic as if this saves only one person, it will be worth it. Which, that sort of person, I, I think you ought to be allowed to just punch them in the stomach. <laughs> That'd be an interesting rule. <laughs> <laughs> when I am king, this will be my rule. I mean, because uh, it's just you're, you're, you're just an unspeakable simpleton it's if like, you say things like that. It's like last night I was putting mayonnaise on something at the dinner table, and my uh, eight-year-old said, are you putting that on a hamburger? And I said, no, why? He said, oh, you said you told us that the, if you ever put mayonnaise on a hamburger again, we could punch you in the neck. <laughs> I said, oh, yeah, that's right. I did say that. No, I'm not putting mayonnaise on a hamburger. But that still holds true. Wh- why? Because I don't react well to it. It tastes delicious, but oh, my God. Oh, I see. It does not, I do not oh. handle it well. So I said a long time ago, if you ever see me putting mayonnaise on a hamburger, punch me in the neck. And he so remembered that, and he thought it was oppor- his opportunity. <laughs> wow. Cracking wow. his knuckles asking you. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yes Michael. No, he's been waiting all this oh, yeah. time. Oh, yeah. Just hoping. <laughs> oh, just insisting on burgers every night of the week. <laughs> hoping, waiting, watching. So, anyway, uh, where were we? Ah, the whole flattening the curve thing. So, yeah, I mean, obviously, and I probably, you, you folks probably don't need to hear this, but uh, the whole if we save only one life thing. If the economy is crushed and we've got millions and millions of people unemployed and miserable and unable to afford any health care and, and just suicides and deaths of despair, blah, 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 blah. So, yeah, the economy and health are inextricably linked and we can't pretend it's one or the other. So are we still talking about flattening the curve or are we just trying to limit the number of cases because we just don't want people to get sick and die and unlike some of y'alls i do not think this is a hoax or 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 think it's overrated as a disease it's a horrifying disease it's incredibly contagious and and if you get a severe case of it it's it's torturous um on the other hand you know most people aren't killed by it the vast 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 majority aren't um, so we don't. What's the latest overreact. number on that? I hear fifty percent. I hear eighty percent. But most people, m- most people don't get hardly anything, right? Right, right. Which is or, amazing. Or they just feel kind of crappy for a few days, and I feel crappy most days. Right. So. Yeah. I've lived um, my life in Corona world. Right, and and listen, those of us who who just want to know what's the right thing to do are vexed by a handful of things. Number one, our crappy, crappy media. That is into sensationalism, and, and we have more on that to come. Um, and 
and and also this, and I'm going to go back to JT's email for a second. Uh, our point, meaning Jack and you and me, about who is pushing for extended shutdowns can't be stressed enough. It is government workers who will never lose a paycheck, academics who will never lose a paycheck, and billionaires like Bill Gates who don't need a paycheck. I get the motivation of academics and billionaires like Gates. At some point, we have to question the motivation of government workers, though, who have moved the goalposts from flattening the curve to presenting a, preventing rather a single loss of life. And as I was watching uh, Nancy Pelosi on Fox News Sunday yesterday, and we will play you some uh, recordings of her, some tape of her, um, I found it absolutely insufferable as she was talking about how irresponsible and terrible these protests against the lockdown. I don't understand it. We're preventing this disease. She has an $8 million home. She is independently wealthy, has been her entire adult life. And even if she were not, she would be guaranteed her paycheck and her pension and her health care for life as a congresswoman. And having her on the news shows saying, I don't understand these protests made me militant. Really? I don't. On the other hand, I'm not going to like suggest a national policy based on my dislike of Nancy Pelosi. It's still a son of a bitch. This disease. No, but I don't. I don't think you can discount how different the world would feel. I don't know. I've never been there. I can't imagine how different the world would fear, feel if I couldn't lose my job or if I had a pension for the rest of my life. Just like, every every decision you make every day would be different. And listen, with all due respect to some of my friends who are academics and are very, very nice people. And I'd love uh, to have a gig where I couldn't get fired or had a pension for the rest of my life. Oh, my God. Or took a sabbatical or something like that. See, the rest of us, and I don't want to come off as a complainer because that's not in my nature. The rest of us have spent every single day of our adult lives fearing or waiting for the moment that it all fell apart. Including today. And that we would be poverty stricken and hopeless and our families would look at us and say, mommy or daddy, why don't we have food? We've spent our entire existences trying to prevent that. And this thing and this shutdown is bringing us, depending on who we are, feet or inches or millimeters away from that nightmare, from that disaster. So Nancy or Republican politicians, or, or or news people, or academics, or whomever. See, the rest of us need to work. Got some more on that uh, coming up later. Various attitudes, the way various states are handling it. It's pretty interesting. There are a couple of states that have really good ideas on that, I think. I'll tell you what, that little gal in Michigan is over the top. I think we can all agree on that. She is... Governor um, Gretchen is... Uh, She's got delusions of dictatorial powers. She is auditioning for the vice president slot for Joe Biden. And She's auditioning the, from the chancellor of Germany in 1937. Oh, my gosh. Uh, my favorite sign that I saw at a Starbucks over the weekend, among other things, on the way on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So Dr. Phil is in hot water for some comments he made about the coronavirus. You can tell Dr. Phil's in trouble because he just booked a one-hour exclusive interview with himself. You can't. 
Do you feel any remorse? Yes, I do. <laughs> and Fallon's kids in the background is two little girls who never stop arguing or talking. The whole no, stop. You stop. It's pretty funny. <laughs> uh, we got, uh, I mentioned earlier that testicles may make men more vulnerable to the coronavirus, which is why. Among kill, other things. It's killing men more often. Um, uh, yeah. we, get, we got this text. I thought you should save that story for Testicle Tuesday. That's right. I forgot. Tomorrow's Testicle Tuesday. So uh, <laughs> I jumped the gun on that one. Um, a couple of quick TV notes. First of all, my favorite sign I saw at a Starbucks over the weekend. They had a tip. Two tip jars out with a sign that said, Is Carol Baskin? And with an arrow pointed innocent and an arrow pointed toward guilty. Tip war. And the. <laughs> That's great. Carol Baskin, who fed her husband to tigers, most likely tip jar for guilty, was, uh, had dollar, had paper money and many coins. There were like three quarters in the innocent jar. So, how'd you like to have that rep as. It's, Carol Baskin. <laughs> hilarious. Nice the job, Starbucks. Meme. <laughs> that is just hilarious. It is. Uh, I got a uh, pizza to go over the weekend at uh, our favorite place in the area, and um, it's uh, curbside service uh, only. You call them when you get there, and they run it out if it's ready or tell you, uh, hang on. And this uh, this little gal had her mask on and everything. She was physically running with the food out the front door to the cars, then running back and then getting another armload and running out and the rest of it. And uh, I laid an absurd tip on her, not not to tout my generosity or anything like that. But, man, if you can, if you are still functioning and employed and everything, uh, God, anything you can do to help the, the working people and the service people and the restaurant people, do it. Uh, God, she was just killing herself, and the whole business was. Um, on, the, times. on the subject of television last night, the 10-part Michael Jordan documentary uh, debuted, The Last Dance, which is about the last uh, season that uh, Jordan and the, the Bulls won the championship 25 years ago, 24 years ago. That's a long time ago. Anyway, 10-part series. You liked it, Michael? I loved it. Yeah, yeah. I really enjoyed it and, a lot. And, and, and reviewers say it's great, and if you're missing basketball and you want all that and you love that era, you'll you'll want to watch it. But I like And this. you remember when they didn't put skirts on the players, and if somebody took the ball to the hoop, you got to club them in the head. And the final score of the game was 92-89. to 89. So if you, if you right. miss those days... So that's fine. And normally two or three of the guys would leave the stadium in a wheelchair. It's um, a violent game, man. But anyway, the review of it, uh, which which liked it, said very few documentaries include two former presidents and Carmen Electra, which is funny, <laughs> and said this thing is absurdly, almost comically exhaustive. Well, I'd say yeah. a 10-part series about one basketball season, you can get pretty granular. Well, so, you but know, if you like, the, if you the like actual it. season was only an 82-part series. <laughs> right. <laughs> if right. you follow If me. you watch the entire, every single game of the season. so Exactly. Yeah. Anyway, I'll that's pretty good. The playoffs were more, but yeah, I, I don't know. Is it available uh, online, Sean? No, or? it is. Uh, it, it, it won't be until after it airs. I think Netflix has the international rights, but in the, in the U.S., ESPN will be airing it uh, two at a time uh, uh, for the next uh, several Sundays. So have I missed it? Then uh, the for first, the, week, the first two episodes were last night, uh, so I've missed it. It's it's back to you. Got to watch it when it's on or recorded uh, or whatever. Uh, oh, what are we living in the thirties? I see what you're asking. It's probably available on demand. Let me do some digging on that to see how you okay. can, how, how you can right. do some catch up. What is this year? Nineteen ninety five. I missed it last night, so I can't watch it. I know it's ridiculous, crazy. Everybody's talking about it, but me. 
I see the headline, Michael Jordan recalls the Bulls traveling cocaine circus. Yeah, I read about that. The most what? Inter- Drugs and sports? Well, the most interesting part of that is he shows up and, and the team's a party team and doing all these drugs and everything like that. I guess i got to find other stuff to do and becomes a loner and sits in his room uh, eating cheeseburgers and drinking 7-Up because he had no interest in that sort of thing. He came out of a very clean-cut college. It's all about uh, discipline sort of atmosphere and didn't dig that at all. Hmm. Which is a good lesson for the kids, so I don't mind that being part right. of the show. You don't have to join in. No. And uh, the guy who ended up being most successful was the guy who was uh, dedicated to the job portion of it. So, Right, right. Um, we're going to play, if you get next hour, and I hope you do, of the Armstrong and Getty Show. Nancy Pelosi was, was asked about her attitude about the coronavirus early on. And her she, she, she doesn't have two low-heeled shoes to stand on on this. But her dancing on Fox News Sunday yesterday was hilarious. If you're a fan of incoherence, you're really going to enjoy this. <laughs> I thought it was worth playing. And some other stats to hit, with, hit you with. And our text line, of course, is 415-295-KFTC. Ah!